Welcome to the Empty Classroom, brought to you by the Arts Expressed. While sitting in a classroom of numerous other participants, I quickly grew aghast at the common thread running through the tapestry of each one as they shared their individual and intimately personal testimonies. Over and over, it flashed like a neon sign. The ones who had been called to love and steward the preciousness of every individual, meaning their family members and church families, had not only dropped the ball, but had actually been the most offensive and abusive of all, impacting the journeys of every single treasured son and daughter in that room. There's something significantly out of alignment in the earth with regard to family and the body of Christ being the ones who have brought and continue to bring the most significant trauma into our lives. Family and church, or family and the body of Christ, are the foundational components to life as we know it and as our Heavenly Father intended it. Yet minus the revelation of the kingdom within us and the infinite love of the Father, the enemy has and will always use those we trust to lie, kill, steal, and destroy. Asking why will always be the wrong question because the answer will always be that without Christ we live in a sin-saturated fallen world with righteousness being filthy rags. Christ is the one who gives us righteousness. As we study the scriptures closely, we find the same thread woven through Genesis to Revelations. Job, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joseph, David, Jesus, to name only a few, all encountered and battled envy, mocking, betrayal, false accusation, and so much more. It wasn't long ago I was awakened by the Holy Spirit early in the morning with a scripture that was a really hard word, but I knew that he was pointing it out for a very specific reason. And he pretty much said to me after I was finished, why are you surprised? I told you this would happen. It happened to me. It's part of counting the cost, and it doesn't define you. That scripture from Matthew chapter 10 says, do not think that I have come to bring peace on the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword of division between belief and unbelief. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be the members of his own household when one believes and another does not. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Jesus assured us that we would have these trials and tribulations in this world. But he also said to fear not because he had overcome the world. The new covenant is filled with glorious promises pertaining to the end goal of simply becoming more like him. Everything that Jesus is has been made available to us, not simply for eternity one day, but for now, to be his connection of bringing heaven to earth the infinite demonstration of the Father's love and advancing his kingdom within us on the earth, the body that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Hell cannot prevail against the Father's infinite love. In my curriculum, The Children's Heart Cry, there's a section called Hidden Treasures, Kingdom Jewels, and Me. 
I encourage you to check it out on Amazon or on my websites. There is truly a correlation to Daniel 7 in this now time and possessing the kingdom needing to be awakened and activated. From the onset, our Heavenly Father has been about one thing, sons and daughters in intimate relationship with him, loving him and loving others with his love, carrying his heart and his will, which is always about his goodness and his loving kindness, on the earth in the power of Christ, his word, his spirit, his blood, and his name. Christ has always accomplished everything needed for us to walk in this position. We simply need to believe it, receive it, and live it. We were never created to give man dominion or power over us. In Genesis, man was given dominion over everything in the earth except for one another. Why do we continue to give power to man to define us? We need to be intentional about teaching the next generation to not give anyone or anything that kind of power over us. It matters not if it's generational, cultural, parents, children, bosses, siblings, co-workers, classmates, peers. No man defines us. When we truly comprehend this, we become so secure in his love for us that him loving others through us becomes a way of life because people's responses and actions, or lack of, have zero impact on us carrying out the heart and will of our Heavenly Father. We simply need to learn to behold all that Christ has already made available to us on our behalf and walk in it as he alone defines us. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, Do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Listen carefully. I am about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? This is a now word for every family, for every individual. It's now time to forget the former things and to not be distracted by what is. It's now time to look up and behold who and what's already been attained for all the world to know and be known by. We have been in a Cairo season of being realigned in the identity that Christ purchased for us to walk in. We need to stop looking back and stop looking around at our circumstances. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen and it didn't have an effect on us, but it means we need to let it go and let him take care of it. The battle belongs to him. Instead, we need to start beholding him as we are seated in heavenly places with him. He's already won the victory for us, calling forth from the storehouse he has already attained for us everything we need to walk out life for his glory. We need to look down from heaven's perspective and see this life and all that it entails with the eyes of our Heavenly Father through His perfected Son, because that's how our Heavenly Father sees us, through Christ and in Christ. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. 
Isaiah 45, 3 says, I will give you the treasures of darkness, the hoarded treasures and the hidden riches of secret places so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. Isaiah 42, 9 says, Indeed, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you, and even show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. Revelations 4.1 says, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. Every one of these scriptures is an invitation, an invitation that we need to get excited about as, in, as individuals, as families, as sons and daughters. The entire journey, his entire story has always been about love, the Father's love, infinite, unconditional, agape love. Our entire journey has always been about his love. Love is the bottom line. The kingdom of heaven is love. Love redeemed us. Love restores us. Love, love, love. The perfect love that casts out fear of everything behind, everything present, and everything future. Loving like a Mary, beholding Jesus in spirit and truth worship. Loving like a Martha, serving our king and his kingdom through our identity, our giftings, and our calling. It's always been about both. As sons and daughters, we're called to both, and we have been given everything we need to walk in our identity and our freedom in Christ. The freedom to simply be all that he has already made us to be, from the womb to the resurrected tomb. Look up and behold him. Look up and behold all that he is and has already made available to each of us who seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It's available every minute of every hour of every day. What specific things, people, circumstances, or events do we need to let go of, forget, or forgive as we behold the new season and move forward in our kingdom identity. Have a discussion with your children about who and what they have let define them. Have a discussion about forgiveness, unconditional forgiveness, and what that looks like when it's his forgiveness. This doesn't mean that we need to keep going back and getting the fry pan over and over again, but it does mean that we let him have the battle, we let him take care of it, and we walk in the freedom of not having to anymore. Discuss what needs to be let go of individually and as a family, just as Elsa so eloquently sang in the movie Frozen, let it go, let it go. It's time to be unfrozen. It's now time to truly be free as Jesus already made us to be. It's time for a kingdom shift. As an awakening and an activation, I will play spontaneously an instrumental piece in 528 Hertz, intentionally facilitating a revelatory awakening to Father's love, his miraculous healing and transformation. 